Hello, welcome to Primary Care Priest. This is our 14th episode. I'm Father Simeon. This is what Jesus taught to his disciples. The Son of Man must suffer, be rejected, and be killed, and be raised on the third day. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross daily, and follow me. Because whoever will save his life will lose it. But whoever will lose his life for my sake will save it. What's the benefit of gaining the whole world if he loses himself? Now in the gospel, after Christ says these words, he takes three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, up on the mountain, Mount Tabor. And there suddenly, the three disciples see Jesus Christ transfigured, shining with the uncreated divine glory, which was his own divine glory. His clothes became like light and his face shined like the sun. They saw him speaking to prophets that lived a long time ago. And in the presence of this radiance, the disciples fell on their faces. They saw as much of his divine glory as they were able, which is a divine gift. And they heard the voice from the bright, illuminating cloud, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. By showing his disciples who he is on Mount Tabor, Jesus was teaching them, that what he told them would happen to him, the rejection, the suffering, and death, would not happen by force without his consent. He is the all-powerful one. He is a man born of a human woman, but he is also the uncreated God. The bright glory shown to Peter, James, and John is the same divine presence, the grace that created and sustains the universe and saves us, heals us. We are saved by grace. Their experience of seeing Christ in glory was an internal experience for them. The experience of the kingdom of God was within them. And they experienced in their hearts the glory, the presence of the king who is God, the king of glory. The transfiguration of Jesus Christ on Mount Tabor reminds us that Christ chose a path willingly, a path that led to suffering and death on a cross. Now, crucifixion served as a painful form of execution. The criminal would hang up on the cross as a sort of human sign to everyone who saw it about what could happen to you if you committed a serious crime against the Roman emperor and the empire. The Romans intended to show everyone passing by that Jesus was not an anointed king, not the Messiah, the Christ. Because what good is a king hanging on a cross in defeat? The authorities even hung a sign above his head, mockingly identifying him as the king of the Jews. This sign added to the insult and pain heaped on him as he was dressed up in a false royal robe and a crown of spiky thorns was placed on his head. On the cross, Christ died. Now, you would expect this to be the end of the story. The cross is a pagan Roman instrument of torture, humiliation, and death, right? Not this cross. Not the cross that Christ willingly ascended. Not the cross holding the one who holds all things together. The one who is the source of all existence. Christ's death on the cross is not an end to itself. Now, why did Christ choose to die on the cross? Why did he choose to take the path of suffering and death? Because as a man, a human being, Christ could suffer and die. But he is not just a human being. He took on our humanity without any change to his God nature. He is a man born of a human woman and the God without beginning. Death and suffering cannot touch his divine nature, but only his human nature. 
What do you think happens when Hades, the place of the dead, tries to swallow up a human being and ends up swallowing up the one who is life himself? Christ was buried, and while his physical body rested dead in the grave, he descended in soul to Hades to proclaim triumph. And on the third day, he was bodily raised from the dead to immortality. With his physical resurrection from the dead, he raised up our human nature to immortality, so that when we are raised, we can also be untouchable by sickness and death. So now death is not like a prison, a door that holds us in, but an open doorway to resurrection. And if we follow the deathless king, the one who defeated death, it leads to an unending life in the kingdom of heaven. So what does the sign of the cross mean for those of us who are orthodox? What can it mean for you? The cross is about bringing positive change into your inner self, into your life, into your family, and into the whole world. It's about positive change beyond what we, created human beings, can do ourselves. It's not self-effort. It's the ultimate change from life to death. The power of the cross changes death to life. It changes darkness to light. It is the transfer from self-centeredness to love, from disconnection to community, from brokenness to completeness, from chaos to harmony and balance, peace, from injustice to ultimate justice, making things right, bringing things into wholeness. It's the transfer from sickness to health, from despair to hope, from sadness to joy, an indestructible joy, undisturbed by our shifting situations, even when facing difficulty, challenges, pain, not determined by our superficial feelings of happiness or disappointment, a deep joy. The cross is the tree of life that we can choose to participate in or not. If you take up the cross and follow Christ daily, whatever suffering you endure, whatever challenges you face, by the power of the cross, you can change your experience, your suffering, your difficulty into medicine, into therapy. More precisely, in your faith and humility and repentance, through your prayer, pure inner prayer, God can take the suffering that could crush you, whether it's caused by you or by others or by the conditions of a fallen world. And through your experience, God can strengthen you. God can take the suffering that you could just lay down in and wallow in like it's thick mud in despair. And God can help you see yourself more honestly and help you wake up to a life that is full of meaning and to lift up your heart and your mind so that you can go in the direction of who you can become by grace with the help of God's transforming power. Today is the day to begin taking up the cross. Today is the day to begin healing and to begin changing and growing in the right direction. If you are young, take hold of the cross early. If you aren't married, take the path before you get married. It will prepare you for marriage. If you are married, take your spouse with you if you can. If you don't have kids, take the path before you have kids because it will help you be a good parent. If you have kids take them with you. If you are getting older, it's time for your soul to mature as much as your body. Well, more than your body, really. Just because you're older does not mean that you are wiser if you aren't being shaped by the one who is wisdom. Now, if you're really well advanced in years, even near the end of your mortal existence, the cross can change your life forever. 
beyond this life. If you are still in this world, it is not too late to experience the power of heaven in your life, in this life. Let your remaining time be free of the weight of sin and chaos in your soul. You can depart this life in joy and expectation for what's next. Whatever your situation, work with God. Do your part through faith to heal your soul so that when your body goes to the grave, your soul will not taste death. And you will be with Christ until the resurrection at the end of the age, when you experience the fullness of salvation, body and soul, where no death can enter. All you have to do is personally, as an individual human being, take hold of what God has already done. Take hold of what Christ has accomplished for our human nature and personally participate in it. You know, we can become so used to living in a condition of death with chaotic relationships and unhealthy ways of thinking and living in our daily lives that we become attached to that toxic lifestyle, which just seems normal because we're used to it. And these attachments that we have, they blind us and they they keep us stuck. These attachments to this unhealthy way of living. But we don't have to be stuck. If we want out, we can have help getting out. We can suffer and not realize we are suffering because we don't know what real spiritual wellness rooted in the true and living God looks like. But if we recognize the suffering we cause ourselves by our bad choices and that suffering pushes us toward healing, then that suffering wasn't meaningless. Some of us learn the hard way. If your suffering causes you to realize that you need Christ as your physician, that you need his healing power in your heart, in your mind, in your life, in your relationships, and your experience has caused you to get out of the mud and to his church, his own hospital, then that suffering is part of the story. It's part of the process of your healing. When you do realize that you are suffering and that you don't want to live like this, that there's something better, give thanks to God for showing that to you. Once you enter into that way of healing, then you may come to some understanding of why the suffering was necessary. Again, we learn the hard way sometimes. Take up the cross. Bring yourself into the church where the cross, the tree of life, has been planted for the healing of the world, including you. And for those of you who are already Orthodox, keep your eyes on the prize at the end of the race. And remember that in the spiritual life, when you're running uphill over rocky terrain and you're stumbling and you're falling, and you're scratching your knee, that all of this is for a reason. Get up and keep going. Let your fellow runners help you, and you help them. This is what makes us all stronger. This is what builds perseverance. This is what builds fellowship. This teaches humility, and it creates focus. Focus on the one we are trying to reach. This reminds you that you aren't alone when you're weak, and it teaches you that we all need each other. The spiritual life will train you to deal with practical difficulty and everyday obstacles in life, like difficult people. And this process is not an end to itself. The focus is what lies ahead, the end of the race, where your hope is directed, where your heart already is. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Primary Care Priest. If you find this podcast helpful, please subscribe and please share it with others. May God bless your journey.